0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: All right. Joining us in the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line truly steps beyond convenience. We always like talking to you. Hey, Coach, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. We were uh, we were talking to your pal Chell Sonnen last week before the Conor McGregor fight. Uh, of course, you guys cover all the fights on Saturday night on ESPN. And Chael was, I mean, he was way on Eddie Alvarez. He thought he was going to kick Conor McGregor's ass. Now, full (laughs) disclosure, and we love Chael, okay? Chael, full disclosure says, listen, I'm wrong almost every time about these predictions, and he was wrong. Uh, Were you surprised uh, with with the way Conor McGregor handled Eddie Alvarez?
2: Uh, I was surprised at how easy it was. Um, It's so funny that you say that because I was sitting next to Chael. You know, we have these, you know, Facebook Live is now the new rage for, you know, the next 20 minutes. And so we're doing a Facebook live as the fight uh, is going on. And I asked him and he's like, Oh, all over Eddie Alvarez, the coaches we know I can't pick any. Right. And he's the type of guy. And I think the reason he picks against Conor McGregor. And the reason I picked Conor McGregor guys is that after my 10 years in the WWE, I love to believe in the legacy. I love to believe in, he could be one of the greatest of all time. And in order to do that, you've got to win many fights in a row. And that's part of the problem with the UFC, which I love and you guys love is that championships turn over all the time. So when you do all the talking and you don't win every time, then it kind of becomes very hollow and Conor McGregor's different than that. And so a lot of the fighters like to say, uh, you know, his opponents are handpicked or the bottom line is he fights who they put in front of him and he's been fighting champions. And been fighting tough guys. And when you can make a tough guy look like what he made Eddie Alvarez look like on Saturday, you're special. And that's what Conor McGregor is. And he absolutely dominated him from the first second to calling his shot and a second round knockout. So that's what surprised me, but not that he beat him.
0: We've been discussing this morning Conor McGregor's desire to have an ownership stake in the UFC. Zaslow thinks that... It could be done. I'm far more skeptical about WME and IMG agreeing to do that. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I have a tendency to agree with you because um, – and, and and I don't agree with you because I don't think he should have it or I don't think that he has earned it. The problem is that when you're dealing with ownership or you're dealing with executives, because uh, the same thing happens in our world, as you guys know, in in, in media – that you think you're dealing with very um, sound um, executives or minds, they say, you know what, this makes sense. Well, it does make sense because he's earned more money for the UFC than any other fighter in the history of the game. And he's done it in the last four fights in the last 12 months. But they're going to look at it from the macro point of view and say, listen, this guy's only going to be here for a very short time, meaning the next 10 years. But he could earn, he could earn 500 million to a billion dollars with it, which is a lifetime of money. But they won't look at it like that. So I, I agree with you, but I, I feel like he deserves it. He has earned it, and if he doesn't get it, I could see him really sitting out and calling their bluff until they they do give him some uh, real stake, not like the the celebrities that have like a .00000, 00000 percentage of the company, like a real percentage that would turn into real money.
1: You know, I think you're 100% right actually, coach, because the, and it was a good example you used, and this happens in negotiations with with people like you, with ESPN, people like me here where what we think is logical for both sides, mm-hmm. the management, the businessmen, they never see it that way.
2: Never. Never. And it's mind mind numbingly frustrating. And when we've got when you get to the level that that you and I are at, You're like, listen, you know, I know I'm good enough, not only good enough to do this, but I'm really good at what I do. And it's okay to say that. It may sound arrogant and cocky, but it's not because we've worked our way to get to this point. So just pay us what we deserve. And guess what? You'll never hear from me again. And I don't think that's what the executives understand. It can be very easy or a lot easier than what they make it. And the UFC could do that with Conor McGregor. They just won't.
0: Yeah, one of the reasons I'm skeptical about it is because I, although I agree that Conor McGregor deserves it, and from his side that seems like the fair deal, I don't quite agree that it makes sense from the IMG side of things if I was representing them in this deal. And and one of the reasons that I say that is because I don't think that Conor McGregor is as big as he is. I don't think he's bigger than the UFC. I think he still needs the UFC, So explain to me, what if Conor McGregor sat out, if he really protested, if he said, you know what, fine, Mm -hmm. I'm done with you because you won't give me an equity stake, where is he going?
2: Well, it's not not about where he's going. It's about where he's not going. Because eventually somebody will put together a fight with somebody else or Bellator will say, you know what? You know, eventually, if he sits out long enough, then either UFC is going to release him or his contract. Something will happen. But here's, here's why I think the UFC needs to look at it differently is that Vince McMahon, and I think I've told you guys this before, he pays a lot of guys, some of the legends, to just be around. So when you need them, they are there. Conor McGregor is the type of personality that you want around. Yeah. That when you have a big event, he's there at the fan access, that he's there signing autographs, that he's still a face of the UFC long after he fights, which could be into his 40s if he does it correctly because he doesn't take a lot of punishment. But it's not about where he's going. It's about the fact that he's arrogant enough to sit out and say, you know what, I'll wait because he still makes a lot of money outside the octagon, which most fighters do not. And we don't count that money. And we have to count that money because Conor McGregor does not care if you're going to sit there and call his bluff. He will sit out. And that's the bottom line.
3: Coach, clearly corporates got their reservations about adding this guy to their label. Um, I've never seen a fighter, or an athlete for that matter, that talks more trash about the ownership, the business, the people, the competition. (laughs) Going into the post-fight, first of all, he starts saying, where's my GD belt at? Give me my damn belt. You know, you should have this thing ready. And then he starts killing Dana White. And then he kills his fighter that he just beat, saying, you know what, no respect, but he should have been in the ring with me anyway. Like, I've never heard a guy disregard organization, bosses, or competition more than this guy? Are they just having reservations because of the possible ticking time bomb?
2: No. They understand he's brilliant. And when you look at the underlying I, – when I, when I see the things that he does and the things that he says, it, it, it really makes me compare him to The Rock when, when The Rock was The Rock, that he would say things in the way he would do things. And, of course, that's, that's a different kind of world. But Conor McGregor understands that his – you guys saw him when he walked in the, in the ring, right, or in the octagon on Saturday night. He's admitted that it is uh, – he's imitating Vince McMahon's walk. Yeah,
1: yes, He yes. even
2: tweeted out the walk, right? He has, he has watched and studied and understands uh, the role of the – what we call the cool heel, that he wants a certain number of people to hate him, especially the other fighters, And then there's such a huge fan base that loves him. But there's nothing worse than watching somebody call their shot and then watching them go out and do it and then watching them talk about it after they do it. It's the worst. And he does it every time. And so his legend is growing, and he understands that. But I've been around him a lot when the cameras aren't there. He's a real cool dude. He really is. The only time you see this happen is when the cameras are on, because he wants the persona. He's a huge wrestling fan. When he made all those comments about the wrestlers a few months ago, he knew what he was doing. He was setting something up, and I know for a fact, I know for a fact that WWE has not talked to him once, not one conversation. I know that for a fact. But don't think he doesn't want to someday be in that world, and so he understands that that world is a work, so to speak and he understands what it takes to be in that world. So he's very, very smart, and Dana White knows that. He knows what he's doing, and and that's why that, to me, has nothing to do and more with the fact that they, you hear that word precedent all the time, which I hate because sometimes you can bust through precedent. They don't want to set a precedent to give fighters mm-hmm. percentages of the company.
1: we got ESPN's Jonathan Coachman here with us. Uh, Talking about Conor McGregor. To to switch course for a moment here, uh, obviously uh, used to be WWE announcer, Jonathan Coachman. This weekend, you got Brock Lesnar in action. We always like keeping track of what Brock Lesnar's doing. He's in action this weekend. He's fighting Goldberg, okay, on Sunday night. Uh, Coach, be honest here. Uh, I like. I'm into it. I'm going to watch it. Obviously, I'm very skeptical how good it's going to be. Honest opinion: Is, is this going to be any good? I mean, Goldberg's 49 years old. He hasn't been in a you know fought in a wrestling ring uh, for 12, 13 years now. Like, Goldberg is, looks great, though.
3: Yeah, Goldberg like, looks is, great. Is,
1: it, is this going to be any good, Coach?
2: I was shocked. Now, listen. There's a difference between an event and a really great match. Uh, I don't think, and I I I'm a huge fan of Goldberg personally professionally, but I don't think he would even call himself a great wrestler. But he was a big, huge personality. And that's what I think a, a fan like you or a fan that m- might be listening, go into it and just enjoy the event. Enjoy the, uh, the personalities when they come out. Enjoy the spectacle. Enjoy how hyped the crowd is going to get. I'm going to give him a lot of credit because – we had him on off the top rope on Sports Center, which kind of kicked off this whole thing. Right. And, and I was a little skeptical of the fact that he wanted to come back. I was like, what kind of shape can he even be in at this point? Yeah, He's a little crippled, he right, Coach? He is a rock. Like he, Unbelievable. How, how, and then I met him, uh, or I, I saw him and talked to him in Hartford a couple weeks ago, and he's so excited. And just like Shane McMahon last year at WrestleMania, he wants to show his son who he once was. He wants to show his son that's what, uh, what he once was. And that's the reason he decided to do the whole video game and all this. So um, I don't know that I expect a great match, but, but guys, I never go into a match thinking that way because of, of how I am forced to watch matches or fights because of the fact that I was a part of this for so long. I go into it loving the event and loving the moment and loving the crowd. That's what I love. So um, I'm not skeptical at all. Because I love the hype and I can't wait to see it.
1: Now, since you were there at the same time as him, has he ever has he ever hit you? Like, have you ever been in the ring with him and had to take a shot from him? Oh, Google it.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a uh, a night where uh, some stuff was said, and I was putting the match, but I had it was a, it was a uh, handicap match, and Mark Henry. I brought him out as kind of my muscle, <laughs> and that didn't go over so well. I ended up uh, sitting up on the top of the ring post and Goldberg got his hands on me, tossed me across the ring. I did a full flip in the air, and then he speared me, and then he did his big uh, slam that he held me upside down for about uh, five to ten seconds. So, oh, yeah. Were you scared? I I felt Goldberg's uh, muscle. Were you scared? Um, Scared? Um, Nervous. Nervous. By, by, By that point, I had taken every finisher that there was. I didn't get nervous. Uh, or I didn't get scared, but I certainly got nervous because he only had one speed, and that was full-out go. And when he's going to spear you, you feel like you're going to be, you know, cut in half or something. So, yeah, yeah, definitely nervous, not scared.
3: Coach, I saw some, like, spinning back fists yesterday. I saw... You know, like, like Goldberg's 100 miles an hour. It doesn't seem like he's going to be taking any speed off of what he's got going on in that ring, even though I, I thought he was a little bit, like, crippled in terms of his body, his knees. I thought he had a, a pretty good beat-up issue going on as he was leaving.
2: Well, you know, a lot of times that can fix itself. or you can. A lot of times guys won't go through surgeries until they have time off because they, they don't want to lose their spot, so to speak. So uh, there's a very good chance he could have uh, gotten better. His, his body could get better um things of that nature i don't know um but i i know there was one day where they they wanted him to throw somebody through a door so vince was like hey coach you'll do anything." that was like mikey trying the cereal oh. like, coach coach will do it <laughs> and they couldn't get the door off the hinges and goldberg said ah vince i'll just throw him through the door with the hinges oh. and vince, vince looked right at him and said. No, you won't pal.
1: (laughs) 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 Who, uh, save from the door coach who you got on with you tonight on sports center. You got someone for off the top rope, right? You know, you know,
2: it's it's the 30th anniversary of, or 30th annual survivor series this Sunday. So we thought we'd go with a legend, um, who's kind of been there before. So we're going to go with edge, uh, who was part of the 900th, uh, Smackdown live last night. Um, which was pretty cool to see some of those, uh, faces and, uh, Fans of Edge are going to see a different face than what they're used to because he's part of a TV show now. So he's grown this big beard and looks like Grizzly Adams. Uh, but he's going to be our guest tonight and kind of look back at some of the, um, the fun matches. And we're also going to have a really cool recap. Uh, we're going to have 30 years in four minutes. Um, so we're going to look at some of the great Survivor Series moments uh, of all time.
1: Awesome. That's on SportsCenter tonight, Jonathan Coachman. Great job as always. We appreciate you, Coach. Thanks a lot. Love coming on. You guys know that. We'll talk to you soon. That's Jonathan Coachman again. Uh, love him on Saturday nights with Chael Sonnen during the UFC. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's great. I mean, can you imagine you standing in that ring? And I mean, Coach's a regular dude. I mean, he's a big dude, but, like, he's a regular dude. And, I mean, you're like, "Yo, know, Goldberg. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?